Good morning again, Hope. It is so good to be with you. One more time, my name is Danny Householder, campus pastor here. If we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you. As you can see, it is Planet Hope, and we are so excited for Vacation Bible School this week. In order to get ready for Vacation Bible School, I would love to practice something with you. It's a chant and a cheer that kids will be doing all week long to celebrate that VBS is here. So I'm going to shout to eternity, and you're going to shout back at me and beyond. But here's the special thing. I'm going to go like, to eternity, and you're going to raise a fist with me. Ready? So to eternity, we're all raising a fist. And then when you say, and beyond back, you're going to raise the other fist, and beyond, right? Are we ready for this? All right, here we go. To eternity. To eternity. To eternity. Some of you are turning to the person next to you right now, and you're like, you promised me it wouldn't be weird. (laughs) This is so weird. We are weird, um, but we have a lot of fun here, and I don't think that we have any more fun than during Vacation Bible School, and, and there's a reason for that. Vacation Bible School is so special. I mean, hundreds of kids come to our Ames campus here um, to experience the soul-satisfying love of Jesus, and they experience uh, the forming of deep relationships with new friends. It's so cool to see, like for one week. There's not a cool crowd to impress. There isn't grades. There's not a team to make. There's not an award to win. It's just receiving Jesus and just having him in their life. I mean, it is so neat and special to watch. I'm telling you, it is the most fun that I have all year long. And if you don't believe me, I've got a great invitation for you. We could really use your help. (laughs) And by the end of the week, I really think you'll believe me. It is the most fun week that we have all year round. You can tell we go all out for Vacation Bible School here. We've got some incredible staff and volunteers who put this set together. Uh, All the stars and the lights and the planets. Can we give God praise for those people? That's pretty cool. Some of them are not even in this room. They're across the hall in the gym. So if you are walking past the gym this morning, you see our volunteers in there, just make sure that you say thank you to them for the way that they are investing into our kids. The theme this year is Planet Hope. We are remembering and celebrating that out of anywhere in the universe that God could have gone. And being the creator of the universe, he could have gone anywhere. All the planets, the solar systems, the galaxies, the stars, you name it. He chose to make his home with us. And so it fills us with hope. You are living in a planet of hope. So let me say it again. To eternity! To eternity! To eternity and beyond. It is so good to be ready for Vacation Bible School. Now, why do we do it? It's not just because the decorations are fun to put up, although that's something. It's not just because the kids love to dance, although that is cool. It's not just because the kids love to scream and sing and shout at the top of their lungs, although that is really, really fun to hear. And by Friday, like you're checking your ears, making sure that you're okay. But there's a really special and important reason why we do it, and it's because Jesus told us to do it. And no, I I really mean that. In In the chapter right before the passage that we read this morning, it's in Mark chapter 9, and Jesus brings a child near to him. His disciples are asking, hey, who is the greatest among us? And Jesus surprises them, and he brings a little child. And as he's holding this child, he says, anyone who welcomes a little child like this one on my behalf welcomes me. Jesus says, 
welcome the children. And it's not just a polite suggestion either. In fact, Jesus goes on to say, if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with large millstone hung around your neck. So really, we do it because Jesus said to do it, and also it sounds a lot better than the alternative. No, I mean, it is special, it is important. Jesus makes it clear, I want children in my family. I want them here. Welcome them. Make them a part of this. They are in the family of God. Act like it. I think it's cool how in our society today, we really do a nice job, I think, overall, of trying to make life special for kids. You know what I mean? Like we try to do that. We try to provide gifts for kids. We try to make their experience as enjoyable as possible in all sorts of different venues and places. Uh, when I was in college, I was in Colorado, and uh, I was at uh, a Colorado Rockies game, um, and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals were, were coming in to visit. If you don't know who they are, they're the team that wears red like the devil. Um, and I'm a Cubs fan, and, and, and we're 2-13 and 13 in the last 15 games, so I'm having a hard time. Um, but uh, they let us in to the game early, and we were able to watch batting practice, and, and in batting practice, it's kind of this casual thing for the players who aren't actually batting, and some of the players are, are like standing on the field. We're standing behind the dugout, and next to us is this little girl who's wearing a jersey with the number four on her back. It's Yadier Molina, who's still the catcher for the, for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals today, and she's just shouting at the top of her lungs, Yadi! 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 The coolest thing is, like, she actually got his attention. And he looks back at her, and you think that she's going to faint. And he bends down, he grabs a ball, and he tosses it in our direction, except it doesn't go right to her. It bounces on the dugout, and I mean, it just lands in my lap. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, Yadier Molina just threw me a baseball in the same way that this evil catcher has thrown out like 5,000 Cubs base runners over the last like 28 years. I wanted that ball. <laughs> and for a split second, I'm thinking, I mean, like, if I just bail right now, I don't even have to watch the game. I, I mean, I could do this, right? Um, there's actually a picture of the way that Yadier Molina looked at me. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how they caught that moment. Immediately, I, I gave the little girl the baseball and my glove. Yes, I was 21 years old with a glove at a baseball game. <laughs> Here, take it! You, you, you don't get in the way of a child experiencing wonder. Jesus is very clear about that. He says, anyone who welcomes a little child on my behalf welcomes me. This is so serious. I mean, everybody knows that if you catch a foul ball at a baseball game and there's a child sitting next to you, you give the ball to the kid. So much more importantly than that, Jesus has a gift for these kids. It is the free, soul-satisfying gift of eternal love. There's still time to invite them. There's still time to enjoy the experience of volunteering and helping these kids see that and feel that and know that. This is so important. Who do you know? Who's the kid in your life? Invite them. Jesus is clear about this. Bring them in. One of my earliest memories is from vacation Bible school. and This is a hard one. 
This is a very difficult story. This is sad. This is heavy. So I just kind of want to give you that fair warning. And I don't share this story with you as a scare tactic. I, I don't believe in scare tactics at all. But it is a heavy story, and so I, I just want to give you that warning. When I was uh, five, about to turn six, I was going into first grade. It was in 1998. Um, we had vacation Bible school at Hope, like we always did. I, I grew up at Hope. Um, and at Hope, in those days, I don't think that we had like enough, we were such a small church, I don't think we had enough people like have a nursery. So you had to be three years old or older to come to vacation Bible school. But there was this little boy named Sam. His family was a part of Hope, still is a part of Hope today. And he was two. And his family just saw how much he loved being in worship, how much he loved singing and shouting and laughing and dancing at church. They're like, hey, can Sam just please come? Can he please come to Vacation Bible School? We know he's a little bit little, but he won't get in the way. Like, just come on, let him come. And of course, yeah, absolutely. If he wants to be there, bring him on in. I still remember. Like, I was young, but I still remember because you don't forget stuff like this. I still remember Sam running to the front of the stage. And at two years old, with all the confidence in front of every single kid and adult in the room, he says, I love Jesus, yes I do! (laughs) And then we'd shout back, I love Jesus, how about you? I love Jesus, yes I do! Let's do it over and over again. I remember that. I remember, I, I will never forget seeing Sam lift his hands up. And I know that when I watched him, and as I remember that, I know that he experienced the love of Jesus. And that's so critically important. I mean, you're probably already catching the tone of my story. Like, this story took an awful, terrible, tragic twist. Just five months later, Sam got really sick at two years old. And they they couldn't save him. My goodness. It's just devastating. I remember at five, six years old, just being like, what's going on? That's not supposed to happen. I tell you that story because Sam is a part of your church family. I tell you that story because his parents, the Doyles, they're part of your church family. I tell you that story because Sam is a child of God. He's very clear. Bring him in. Bring him in. And I still have that image of Sam raising his hands, right? Like, I will never forget that. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. And he's still experiencing the love of Jesus. And now he doesn't have to lift his hands up to Jesus. Jesus is holding him in his hands. It matters. It changes everything. Jesus says, anyone who welcomes a little child on my behalf welcomes me. You know what Jesus is saying? If you want me, you're going to get sand. And he says the same about you. That helps me. Jesus says about me, if if you want me, you're going to have to take Danny too. I'm going to practice this really quick. Jesus is, imagine Jesus is saying, if you want me, you also get, and you're going to say your name. Are you ready? Jesus says, if you want me, you also get. Yeah. He says it. He means it. You are a child of God. 
we, um, we treasure kids. We want them to have that experience. We want them to have that joy. And we welcome them in. But um, it's kind of hard sometimes because we do get to that point where, like, maybe we, start, don't start to, we don't continue to value children the way that they ought to be valued. Like, we welcome them. We cherish them. And, like, sometimes we get distracted and we start thinking, well, they're just getting in the way. Like, why do we go all out for vacation Bible school, right? Like, we could use our resources on something else. No. No. I, uh, my wife, Abby, and I, we met um, my niece, our niece, Addison, for the first time this week. There's us with her. I know. I know. And you're like, Danny, this is the fifth time I've counted. This is the fifth time you've talked about Addison in a sermon. Yes. Just look at her. I, like, come on. I can't not, you know? Um... And Abby, her, her siblings have had some children too, so it was really fun. Last weekend we had a lot of family in town, so we, there were like a lot of kids running around, and um, Abby and I, we do not have kids. Uh, there's no timeline, so please stop asking. Um, <laughs> the emails are weird. <laughs> you know. You know, and, and it, it's so special because when Addison came into our family, um, it changed the dynamic of our entire family, right? Like, when, when she's there, uh, you, don't, like, you, don't, you don't interact with one another the same way anymore. Instead, all of your eyes are focused on Addison the entire time. So take a look at this picture, right? Like, we're all sitting in my parents' living room one night, and everyone is just staring at my mom reading Addison a book. Like, it just took over the entire room. And why? Addison has no clue what Pr- Princess Penelope's 365 dresses say, right? But like our eyes are just, are just drawn, you know? Like we, we can't help ourselves. There are actually moments when Addison just stares around at us and we, we just start actually audibly clapping for her. Yay! We don't even know why, but she goes, ah. Addie, you're so good at looking at us, you know? And I wonder if that's how God looks at us. Um, here's the way that the Bible describes how God sees us. Um, Some of these words, justified, righteous, wise, redeemed, triumphant, royal. That's how God sees you. That's how God sees his children. Um, And sometimes it's hard to believe that. It's hard to buy into that. Because when you're little, somebody makes you feel really, really really special. You're kind of the center of attention. But, But do you remember the first time when, like, you didn't feel special? Remember the first time when you felt like you had gotten in the way? Now we're in the passage from today. This is Mark chapter 10. It says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Children were in the way. Like I said, in today in modern society, we try to make kids have a great experience all the time. And in those days, like parents, they did love their children. I mean, hopefully for the most part. But when it came to the society, when it came to the community, they didn't actually carry any value. Like they couldn't do any work for their towns, for their groups, for their people. And so it was the parents' responsibility to raise them so that someday they could. So sure, the parents loved their own kids, but with the rest of the community, it was kind of like, well, they're really just in the way. And now the Son of God, the Messiah, is here. So we need to make sure that he's only dealing with the people, you know, who are doing important things. 
And I know that that sounds harsh, but in a way that is kind of how we treat kids today still, isn't it? It's like the kid who's looking at you and, and loves you and cares for you and just wants that hug, you know? And, and I know it's not just like with your own individual children. Like, I don't, I don't have my own individual, we don't have our own um, children at this time, but, but like when they see you and they love you and they want your, they want your attention, sometimes you're like, well, it's time for the big people to work. I mean, Jesus had just gotten done saying to the disciples, if you are going to welcome me, you must also take the children. And the disciples are already saying the kids are in the way. Do you remember the first time that you felt like you were in the way? It was again when I was really little. Um, sometime between the ages of, yeah, I know, we're so cute. Look at that. Now you know where Addie gets it from. That's her dad on the far left. Yeah, John. It's weird. He's a dad. It still bothers me, you know. Um, but uh, we were little. I was probably just maybe a little bit older than that. Um, being a pastor's kid, we spent a lot of time at the church. We like never had a nanny, so we just went to work with my dad. Um, and we spent so much time there that we got to know the building really well, so well that at like six years old, I could have set up the speakers, the mics, turned on the switch, and we're ready to go for worship. Now, obviously, you can tell that things have changed around Hope because if I were to touch one of Holden's buttons, I think the whole thing would melt. Um, but like I knew my way around and we were in this tiny little building on Ashworth Road in West Des Moines and uh, the sanctuary I think sat like 250 people and every single Sunday that would just get jam-packed and they would fill out the overflow space too to a point where people were sitting in hallways in the kitchen one week I even saw people sitting in the bathroom and we would just have TVs lined up so that people could see what was happening in the little sanctuary up front and so we would have a little camcorder that was attached to those TVs. And because, you know, I saw how those things were set up and I knew what was going on, I always so desperately wanted to run the camera. And on a few occasions, I was able to. And on one particular occasion, I'm sitting there in front of the camcorder and everybody's behind me watching. And all I'm really doing is supervising. I still don't know how it happened, if I bumped a button or what. But next thing I know, people in the hallway, in the kitchen, in the bathroom, in the overflow space, they're not seeing my dad preach a sermon anymore. Instead, they're seeing the VeggieTales tape that my brother and sister and I had put in earlier that week. I was humiliated. I was so scared. I'm like, no, what are people going to think of me? I just felt like I was getting in the way and I wanted to cover up. I'll show you this picture because these are my siblings and I. And my mom used to always let us dress up however we wanted. And any time that we would go out to the store, she would still let us dress up however we wanted. I think it was just a matter of like, all right, let's just get you going, you know. So we always dressed as superheroes no matter where we went. So, I mean, like, you'd think, oh, is that during Halloween time? No, it was probably like May. Uh, we're, we're, we're the super kids. And sometimes that, that's how you feel when you're a kid. You've got this raging confidence, right? And the superhero wears the cape, you know? And with the cape, you feel this confidence. Like you feel this importance. You feel this value. You feel this necessity that comes with your presence. You feel like you belong. And for as long as we can, we try to let kids hold on to this. Like, yeah, you're important. You're, you're valuable. You, 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 your presence is necessary here. But then somewhere along the way, it's happened for me, and I'm sure it's happened for you too. You felt like you got in the way. And you're no longer wearing a cape, but instead it, it, it turns into a blanket. 
And now you're just trying to cover up. From the cape of confidence to a blanket of, of worry, of fear, I don't want people to see my screw-ups. I don't feel very important anymore. I just feel like I'm in the way. What does Jesus have to say about that when we feel these things? There's the children, right, who are there. The disciples have called them out. Jesus, they can't really help you. You have people to heal. You have teachings to deliver. Your work is very important. You are big. They are little. It says that Jesus, when he realized what was happening, he got angry with his disciples. Didn't you just hear what I said? And he says, let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. They belong. Jesus continues to say this, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You know what's cool about the way that Jesus sees kids in a society where they would tell kids, wait? Jesus said, do not just welcome them, but follow them. Do not just love them, but actually be like them. What's that supposed to mean? How am I supposed to be like a child? It can be the most confusing concept for us. There's this really popular term in Christianity. It's called faith like a child. How can I have faith like a child? Well, just imagine what it was like when you were a child, right? You walked around with this confidence. You had this security. Maybe you think that you just wish that you could become a child again because back in those days, you didn't have doubts. You didn't have worries. You didn't have fears. You could wear the cape. It wasn't a blanket yet. So how do we become a child again? That would be nice, wouldn't it? Again, if you're wondering what this looks like, let me just invite you one more time. Please come and volunteer this week, and you'll have a front row seat for it. By the end of the week, you'll have a pretty good idea. But in the meantime, let's talk about a few of these things that we can actively do to remember that we are a child of God, to become a child again, to have faith like a child. The first is this, receive the gift. You ever notice that adults are really bad at receiving gifts? Ah, jeez, I don't know if I can take that. You shouldn't have. You ever give a, a gift to a kid? Gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> don't be bashful about this. This is the free, soul-satisfying love of Jesus. Take it. Take it. It belongs to you. This is grace. It's free. Take it. Man. Here's another thing that you can do. Have real confidence. In other words, get over yourself. My, uh, my mom had a phrase with us growing up. and it's just When I was a kid, I didn't get how funny it was. But now I think I'm starting to see how funny it is. Any time that we would start to get like a little attitude-y, maybe we start to feel sorry for ourselves, maybe we were trying to be too cool, maybe trying to be someone that we weren't, she would say, get over yourself, everyone else has. And you're like, Sally? She's from the north side of Chicago. She doesn't mess around. It's real confidence. You know what real confidence is? 
Real confidence doesn't hide. Real confidence is it's authentic. So I don't, I don't need to wear a blanket. I'm all right with who I am. I'm all right with being who God made me to be. Not who I wish God would have made me to be, but I'm all right with being who God, the creator of the universe, made me to be. It's real confidence. Kids have real confidence, don't they? If you walk up to a child and you say, you are so special, they'll say, I know. And you'll know they meant it. If you say to an adult, you are so special, they'll say, oh, maybe I'm just having a good day. Not, no. And you'll know they meant that too. Authentic, real confidence. I don't have to pretend. I'm okay with where I'm weak. In fact, the book of 2 Corinthians it says this about our weakness. The Apostle Paul is, is writing, he's talking about a thorn in his flesh. It's a thorn in his side, and it's like this thing. We don't, we don't get details on what it is, and maybe there's a reason for that. It makes it more relatable. We all have this thorn in our side that we wish, oh, I wish I could get this out of my life, but it's just jammed in there. Paul says that he cries out to Jesus three times, take it out, please, get this out of my life. I'm so sick and tired of covering it up. And he says, Jesus says back to him, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Where we are weak, he is strong. Do you remember that old Sunday school, vacation Bible school song? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. He loves you. You might be weak. He's strong. It's another song. Jesus loves the little children. He loves the little children of the world. Doesn't matter where they're from. Doesn't matter what they look like. Red, yellow, black, white. They're precious in his sight. How beautiful. They are weak, but he is strong. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nobody likes to be weak. It's not like you just go around and say, I'm so broken and messed up. I'm ruined. Ew, gross. (laughs) But when I'm weak, it just shows off his strength because his grace washes over me anyway. There's another thing you can do. Don't, Don't be afraid. Receive the gift. Have real confidence. And with that confidence comes courage. Do not be afraid. Because he loves you. First John, it talks about casting out fear. Such love, kind of love that God has for you, has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. We love each other because he first loved us. When you're no longer trying to earn God's love, you can share it. But how many of us are trying so hard to earn it? I know the world teaches us that you got to earn it because as we get older, that group of people that looks at us and they cheer for us so hard. I mean, so hard. 
gets smaller and smaller, doesn't it? I see some of the way that, I see the way that a lot of you look at your children. You are just cheering for them. You just want the best for them. You just want them to be happy. You just don't want anybody to ever take anything away from them. Just always be happy. Always be filled with joy. Always have love in your heart. Always know that I'm here for you. My wife's a first grade teacher, and I see the way that, that those parents watch their kids when they're walking to school. It's just, I mean, like, it's almost heartbreaking as you watch those kids. Like, oh, please. Please have a good day. Please. I love you so much. I'd do anything. I would do anything to protect you. Anything for you to have joy. And as we get older, it's just like, oh, it's so frustrating. I think it's why as we were sitting there last week with, with our niece Addison, I'm looking at her and I just kind of got brokenhearted for a second. I don't mean to be like a Debbie Downer about it, but, but really it was sad because I was like, I just don't want anyone to ever hurt you. So the reason why our family was in town last week was because Abby and I got married during the pandemic. We couldn't really have our family together for our party and so this last weekend, we did, and it was so fun, and, and Abby and I got to do all the things that, that you would maybe usually do at a reception. So Abby and I, we had our first dance, and that was pretty awkward, but we love each other, so, you know, every, we, were, we were just talking to each other the entire time, like, everyone's really staring at us, aren't they? And then Abby had this beautiful dance with her dad, and, and I just remembered, like, I mean, yeah, the group sometimes gets smaller where you feel appreciated and needed and like you don't have to wear a blanket but can instead keep that cape on. But it's not gone. And then I went out and I had this dance with my mom and she's my mom, so I get emotional about it and stuff. And And like, it, you know, I mean, like, you can, I can't even look at her in that picture because I'm like, if I look at her, I'm going to cry. But when you are in the presence of perfect love, you're no longer afraid. And so you can finally worship. You can finally feel free. When was the last time you just really worshipped? When you really felt free? The last seven minutes of this sermon, I've had Ella here kind of give me some vibes so that you know, we can sometimes draw home the point, but uh, I want to make sure that I give you all the opportunity to uh, experience free and authentic worship. And you're like, no, what is he doing? I'm going to teach you a vacation Bible school song. Because uh, when you receive the gift, the soul-satisfying love of Jesus, you are filled with confidence. You get the gift of courage. And then you don't have to be ashamed of anything. So we're going to sing a song. And it's going to be weird. <laughs> but it's only going to be as weird as you let it be. Because the truth is, you are in a place where you do not have to earn love, but instead you get to share love. And so this week, hundreds of kids are going to fill this room. And when they come here, day one, I know it. They're going to be scared and be like, what did I get myself into? I'm calling my mom and dad right now. But by the end of the week, we'll see him with that. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. 
And there's this song that's based on a passage in the Old Testament about King David. It's called Undignified. And you're like, oh, undignified. Some of you know it. Some of you just hear that word and you're really scared about what's going to happen. But I invite you to stand. Will you stand? Believe me, 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 me playing music and about to sing in front of you is way more terrifying than what I'm asking you to do. <sighs> Lord, help me. I'm loved! King David in the Bible, he, uh, he, he was a king, and so it really mattered what people thought of him. But one day he became so overwhelmed by the presence of God, and he was so secure in that moment of God's love for him that he began to dance in an undignified fashion. When people complained to him, kings don't dance like that, he said, well, I'll become even more undignified than this. So this is a song about being undignified, and I need to teach you the song, okay? So the thing is, is this song has actions, all right? And so during the verses, all I want you is just this, ready? It's going to be a wave clap, ready? Wave, clap, wave, clap, nice, wave, oh, yeah, look at you, nice. Uh, worship, come on, people. <laughs> That's a little weird. All right, yeah, there it is. Okay, good, keep doing that. All right, now you're going to repeat after me, ready? All right. I will dance, I will sing. To be mad for my king. Nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. Put some soul into it. Hey, if you Riverside people know this song, I could really use you. Come on up. Really, if you know it, come on up. And then we're going to get your part, and we're going to say, I'll become even more undignified than this. And what I need you to do is I need you to take the most undignified, goofy, unashamed, courageous pose you've ever taken in your life. So if I say, I'll become even more undignified than this, Michaela, you would do? Hi. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So now you practice, I'll become even more undignified than this. <laughs> Whatever you want. It's amazing how we can worship. And some of you are like, this is so weird. Why did you bring me here? Because your soul wanted to worship. And then we're going to sing a little bit of na 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 Hey, okay, you ready? Okay. You guys know the words? Okay. And I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my Nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. Sing that again. I will dance. I will sing to be mad for my king. Nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. And I'll become even more undignified than this. And I'll become even more undignified than this. Hey, na 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 na. I'm not gonna stop. Na na, hey, until you all do it. Na na na, hey, na 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 na, na. hey, hey, hey. Woo! Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun? Oh! The kids are gonna be doing that all week, so I'll see you here tomorrow when you sign up to volunteer. How's that for recruitment? Uh, I want. Here you go, Matthew. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> I asked him for permission, for the record. Oh, man. Praise God for our worship band, huh? They're great. They're amazing. So, yes. 
you can stay standing because uh, we're going to worship. You can worship in all sorts of ways. Like when you're filled with the confidence, when God's gift of everlasting, free, soul-satisfying love gives you that kind of confidence and you're filled with courage, your life becomes worship. Your life becomes worship. And one of the ways that we can worship is through singing and dancing and laughing and shouting and just bringing our praises to Jesus. So as we close the service today, we're going to close with that. It won't be quite as high energy, but, but go ahead and sing. Go ahead and lift up your voice. Go ahead and lift up your hands if you want. Again, I just, I just imagine Sam, arms in the air. Some fog come down? <laughs> I think that was a machine, but the Holy Spirit works in weird ways. Wow. <laughs> come on, Lord. <laughs> what was that we sang the Egypt song earlier? Like cloud by day, fire by night? <laughs> I mean, maybe you lift your hands. Would you do this with me? You don't have to do it for the whole song if you don't want. That's okay. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Yeah, I love him. Because he loved me first. And he loved you first. And you got to know this. Jesus welcomes children, right? But what's a child to God, right? Like, I've, I've thought about my grandpa before, and like my last memories of my grandpa, this really worn down old man who's fighting with Parkinson's disease. But the infinite God, what, what, what's the difference between that and, and, and a two-year-old? People ask, like, hey, what's it going to be like in heaven? And I don't know how old you'll be, but you won't be disappointed. I know that much. But you'll be praising, and you'll be singing, and you'll be glorifying. Because you will be face to face with your creator, who could have made a home anywhere in the universe, but he decides to plant hope in you. So go ahead and receive this free gift. And go ahead, worship with gratitude. Worship with unashamed confidence and courage. Now, I don't have any sort of expectation for this last song other than just let the Holy Spirit into your heart and receive you as his child. And as we lift our hands to Jesus, we know that we get to rest in his hands that have come down to us. There's your security. You don't need a blanket. You have Christ. Now wear the cape as he calls you into your mission, your purpose of life. And let's worship. You're a child of God. It's all right to be a little one because Jesus welcomes them into his family. And he says, be one. And you will receive the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's worship. <laughs>